0: substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. I hope that everyone had a nice Thanksgiving and was able to spend some time with family. Today's episode is going to be on xylazine, and thank you to one of our listeners for suggesting this topic. As we like to keep this podcast evidence-based, I found a few papers on the topic that will help guide us through this episode. Our first paper is entitled, "Xylazine and Overdoses, Trends, Concerns, and Recommendations. It's from the American Journal of Public Health and was published in 2022. The lead author is Ryan Alexander, and it gives a nice overview on the topic of xylazine so jumping right in the authors begin with an introductory section that gives a high level overview of xylazine xylazine it turns out is approved by the fda as a non-opioid anesthetic and sedative for use in veterinary medicine only xylazine is an alpha 2 adrenergic agonist that is similar to dexmedetomidine and clonidine. It acts, like dexmedetomidine and clonidine, in the locus ceruleus of the brain to inhibit the release of norepinephrine in the brain, which decreases excitation in the brain and therefore leads to sedation, analgesia, and muscle relaxation. Now, why are we talking about this veterinary medication on this podcast? Well, it turns out that xylazine is being cut into an increasing number of illicit drugs sold on the street. Xylazine can also cause an overdose, which presents, as you would expect from the mechanism of action, with CNS depression, bradycardia, hypotension, and respiratory depression. When xylazine is mixed with opioids, the risk of respiratory depression increases significantly. Unfortunately, there is no specific reversal agent for xylazine in humans. In veterinary medicine, there is an alpha-2 antagonist called talazolin that can be used as a reversal agent for xylazine, but this is not available for humans. If a mixed drug ingestion occurs, naloxone can be used to reverse the effect of opioids in a mixed drug ingestion but this will obviously not address symptoms caused by xylazine. Unfortunately, the treatment of xylazine overdose is supportive. If there is significant respiratory depression, intubation with mechanical ventilation may be needed. The authors conclude this introductory section by noting that xylazine will not be detected on routine urine drug screens. Unfortunately, testing for xylazine can only be done by specific labs that can perform gas chromatography mass spectrometry. To quote the authors, quote, Without timely and widespread testing for xylazine, clinicians are underprepared to recognize and respond to the medical needs of the people exposed to it. End quote. The authors move on to discuss the history of xylazine in the U.S. drug supply as well as current trends. Apparently, Xylazine was first reported as a contaminant in drugs in Puerto Rico in 2001. Beginning in 2019, Xylazine was reported as contributing to overdose fatalities in Connecticut. Since those initial reports, the prevalence of Xylazine in fatal overdoses has more than doubled in Connecticut, and similar reports have been made in Pennsylvania. Xylazine is most often used as an adulterant in illicit drugs. However, the authors note that some individuals seek out xylazine itself as a drug, or seek it out as a drug used to augment the effects of other drugs. Xylazine may be found mixed with many different substances, including cocaine, heroin, and fentanyl, but... The authors note that it is most commonly found combined with fentanyl. To quote the authors, quote, the effects of xylazine are thought to enhance, prolong, or modify the effects of heroin and fentanyl to extend the duration of opioid effect. Xylazine is also thought to be easier to get as it is not a controlled substance. In terms of how common xylazine is in the drug supply, the authors note that in 2019, 2% of all overdose deaths in the United States involved xylazine. However, it was most common in the northeastern United States. The authors move on to discuss clinical concerns regarding xylazine. The clinical effects of acute xylazine intoxication are not well studied, but generally include what we noted earlier in this episode, respiratory depression, bradycardia, hypotension, and decreased level of consciousness. Care, as there is no reversal agent, is supportive, such as mechanical ventilation, fluid resuscitation, and medications to support cardiovascular function. The authors also note that there are dermatologic complications of chronic xylazine use, specifically abscesses and ulcerations, most commonly on the extremities. These skin findings are most common with chronic xylazine injection and most commonly appear at sites of injection, but can appear diffusely on the skin as well. Apparently, the connection between xylazine and skin lesions hasn't fully been worked out yet, But in patients who use xylazine and have such skin findings, the treatment, as you would expect, is cessation of xylazine use. The authors of this first paper conclude the paper with some recommendations on how to address xylazine here in the United States. First, we need testing. We need access to a rapid xylazine test both for us as clinicians to know when our patients are using it, and for people using drugs to know when their drugs contain xylazine, like we do with fentanyl test strips. We currently don't know how big of a problem xylazine is as we cannot routinely test for it. Second, we need better research on xylazine. We need to better understand how it affects people, at what doses overdose may happen, how it causes skin lesions, and if telazolin can be used as a reversal agent. We also need to better understand how people are using it, both in terms of people who are seeking it out and for those accidentally exposed to it when using other drugs. Third, we need to educate our medical professionals on xylazine. Unfortunately, it is not a drug used in human medicine, and so acute care providers may have no idea how it works or how to respond to an overdose involving xylazine. Fourth and finally, we need to continue with harm reduction efforts in people who use drugs and who may be exposed to xylazine. Some examples would be for patients to never use alone, for patients to always carry naloxone, and for patients to start low and go slow when using drugs. As a reminder, start low and go slow is the recommendation to start with a small amount of drug when using to avoid an overdose as a new batch might be more potent than previous supply. And that wraps up the first article. Let's move on to the second article. It's entitled, Xylazine Detection and Involvement in Drug Overdose Deaths, United States, 2019. The lead author is Mumbazi Karisa, and it was published in 2021 in the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, also known as the MMWR. This is a brief article published in the Notes from the Field section of the MMWR. The authors begin by providing some background information on xylazine, which we now know after going through article number one. Again, xylazine is a veterinary sedative that causes respiratory depression, bradycardia, and hypotension in overdose, and it's being added as an adulterant in the illicit drug supply, most commonly being mixed with opiates. The main part of this article involves the authors reporting on overdose death data involving xylazine to better understand the impact of xylazine adulteration on overdoses in the United States. To do this, the authors reviewed overdose death data from the State Unintentional Drug Overdose Reporting System, also known as SUDORS in 38 states, in the United States, and Washington, D.C. So, when they reviewed the data from the Drug Overdose Reporting System, what did they find? They were able to see if xylazine had contributed to the overdose death, and they defined it as contributing to the overdose death if xylazine was listed on the death certificate or if post-mortem toxicologic testing was positive for xylazine. In 2019, there were 45,676 overdose deaths reported to this database. Xylazine was the cause of death or contributed to the death in 1.8% of cases. When xylazine was detected, it was listed as the cause of death or contributing to the death in 64% of cases. So, in some cases, xylazine was found in the person's system but the coroner or medical examiner did not think it caused or contributed to the overdose death. And, as an aside, that might be because the levels of xylazine were so low that they were well below any level that would cause toxicity. Moving on. The demographics of the patients who died from an overdose on xylazine or an overdose involving xylazine were as follows. 73% male, 75% white, 67% from the Northeast United States, and here's the breakdown of what other drugs were involved in deaths involving xylazine. 98.7% of deaths involving xylazine also involved fentanyl, 32% of deaths involving xylazine also involved cocaine, and 26% of deaths involving xylazine also involved heroin. And that's more or less the end of this second article. It was a brief report on the prevalence of xylazine overdoses in the U.S. in 2019. So, we have learned quite a bit about xylazine in general from the first paper, and we've learned About how big of an effect xylazine is having on the United States in the second paper, let's move on to the third paper. It's entitled, Xylazine Spreads Across the U.S., A Growing Component of the Increasingly Synthetic and Polysubstance Overdose Crisis. The lead author is Joseph Friedman, and it's published in the journal, Drug and Alcohol Dependence, in 2022. Let's dig in. The introduction section presents very similar information to what was presented in the first two papers, so we'll skip it. Now this paper has some very interesting methods. The authors noted that they have a team of ethnographers, and they have been studying urban poverty, including drug markets in Philadelphia. They rented an apartment in an area of Philadelphia with high levels of drug use and street drug sales, and conducted extensive interviews with people who use drugs in the area over several years. The authors note that they conducted hundreds of interviews over several years in the area, and they actually made long-term friendships with many of the people who live in the neighborhood as they were collecting data. They note that they had 1,500 pages of field notes as well as loads of recordings, videos, and photos from their time studying the area. In parallel to this, they did a quantitative analysis of the presence of xylazine in overdose death data from 10 different jurisdictions in the United States. So, what did they find? The authors start with the quantitative results. The authors report that the prevalence of xylazine causing overdose deaths or contributing to overdose deaths has been increasing over time in the areas they studied. For their pooled data in all jurisdictions, xylazine was the cause of death or contributed to death in 0.36% of cases in 2015, but that had increased to 6.7% by 2020. That is a 20 fold increase. The area in which xylazine had the biggest effect was in Philadelphia in 2020, with xylazine as the cause of death or contributing to death in 25.8% of cases of overdose death. However, the authors also found some areas, such as Phoenix and Denver, in which there were zero cases of xylazine causing or contributing to overdose deaths. So, consistent with what we've been learning on this episode, xylazine is very regional. And, consistent with the second paper, the authors in this paper found that xylazine was most commonly mixed with fentanyl. Fentanyl was detected in 98% of cases of fatal overdoses that involved xylazine. The authors pivot here and move on to their ethnographic data, which is actually really interesting. This paper is worth checking out if you have a few free minutes. They actually have a lot of direct quotations from patients about xylazine. The authors note that in their interviews in Philadelphia, xylazine is often referred to as TRANQ, T-R-A-N-Q. The mixture of opioids and xylazine is often referred to as trank dope. The authors found that so called trank dope was highly sought after as xylazine was felt by people who use drugs to improve the euphoria of fentanyl and make the effects of fentanyl last longer. Here's a quote from a patient quote, Yeah, I like a good trank fent bag. Some people don't like it, but plenty of people do. It's sought after. Certain stamps that are known for trank have better business. You know what I mean? I like it because fentanyl is such a short-lived high. It's a good high, but it's so short that the nod is over real quick and you get sicker faster. See, the trank-like extends the high. It gives the dope more of a heroin effect. It's a good rush with the heroin-like effect. But then other times... They straight put bags out there that are just all trank. You shoot it, you feel no rush, and you're just out. You're asleep for at least 40 minutes. You're sitting there one second talking, and then you're waking up two to three hours later in a weird position, end quote. Some patients describe xylazine prolonging the effects of fentanyl as, quote, giving fentanyl legs, end quote. Moving on. Patients during the interviews were aware of the risk of skin and soft tissue damage from the drug. Some patients, like the one whose quote I just read, liked xylazine in the drug supply. The authors found that other patients did not like xylazine and were able to describe how they tried to avoid it, such as buying from the same dealer who is reputable for having good drugs that were not laced with xylazine. Patients also noted that xylazine, when present in street drug formulations, could be detected by a characteristic taste observed immediately after injection. Here's a quote from another patient. Quote, you know a bag got trank in it because you'll shoot it and your mouth goes dry right away and you know you taste it, End quote. The authors move on to a very well-written and insightful discussion section. It's a bit long, so as to avoid this podcast episode becoming a marathon, I will hit the high points. First, one of the most common complaints that the authors heard in their interviews is that fentanyl has a short half-life, so patients who are dependent on opioids have to use frequently. Xylazine, by prolonging the effects of fentanyl, was viewed as a solution for people who use drugs, to the problem of fentanyl's short half-life. Second, xylazine is still very regional at this point. It was first reported in the illicit drug market in Puerto Rico, and the neighborhood in Philadelphia in which they conducted their interviews had a large number of Puerto Rican immigrants, which may be a reason why they saw such a high prevalence of xylazine in Philadelphia. Third, Xylazine has significant health risks. It can cause severe skin and soft tissue injury, some of which can result in necrotizing skin infections and gangrene. Unfortunately, the exact mechanism of how xylazine causes skin and soft tissue injury is not completely known. Furthermore, xylazine increases the risk of overdose when combined with opioids as the respiratory depression... Bradycardia and hypotension from xylazine is additive on top of the sedative and depressant effects of opioids. And in some cases of overdose, the authors note, patients had consumed such large amounts of xylazine mixed with fentanyl that naloxone did little to reverse sedation and respiratory depression. The naloxone, obviously, reversed the effects of the fentanyl, but the patient still remained in serious condition as a result of the xylazine. And the authors conclude this paper with the point that, as there is limited ability to test for xylazine, we likely do not know the full extent to which xylazine is in our drug supply and contributing to overdoses. The authors agree with the other papers that we need widespread access to rapid testing for xylazine. And that wraps up the third paper. Let's finish up this episode on xylazine with some take home points. Number one, xylazine is an alpha 2 adrenergic agonist that is used in veterinary medicine as a sedative and anesthetic. It is similar to clonidine or dexmedetomidine in humans. Number two, xylazine is increasingly being cut into the illicit drug supply. It is commonly combined with fentanyl to increase the duration of the effect of fentanyl and may be referred to as "trank dope on the street. Number three, xylazine overdose presents with sedation, respiratory depression, bradycardia, and hypotension. Treatment is supportive. Obviously, in the case of an overdose on xylazine and an opioid, naloxone should be used, but the naloxone will not have an effect on the xylazine. Number four, recurrent xylazine use causes skin lesions, abscesses, and ulcerations. Number five, there is no rapid test for xylazine that is available, and as such, we do not know the full extent to which xylazine is in the drug supply. And number six, as of December 2022, xylazine varies regionally as to how commonly it is found in the illicit drug supply, with some areas having no xylazine while it is common in other areas such as the Northeast United States. And that is the end of this episode. If you have a suggestion for an episode that you would like me to cover, please drop me a line at addictionemac at fastmail.com. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening and thank you for what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.